All right, and welcome into another edition of the Jazz Nation podcast. My name is Daniel. I am the admin of all those pages you are following online through Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. You can find the links for all those places in one simple spot. Just go to linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation News. With me, like he is a majority of the time, the assistant to the host, his name is Will Wonder. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you asking. Um, we're we coming. We're com- hold on. We're coming off of that Twitter spaces. I think we need to plug that from the jump because it was very fun. Very special. When are we doing our next one? Um, okay. Um, so what he's referring to is we, uh, <laughs> we just randomly got on Twitter a couple days, days, yeah, a couple days ago now and just tested out how Twitter space would go and see if it would be anything successful or not and by god it was the the funny thing about that is that whole day man we're really sidetracking to where i was planning on going but what the hell um so basically the day that that we did that was it the day of or the day the next day anyways there was a tony jones interview and i had tweeted out something from it about how tony had heard with his sources that the jazz were asking for six first round picks and basically all the knicks players the young guys and the funny thing about that is that day like Knicks fans were starting to follow me and retweet it and like, and it was crazy. And then we tried the Twitter space thing and it was really cool and successful. And like, it was almost like 60% of the people in there were Knicks fans. Yeah. We had some heat fans join us. So it was kind of, it was definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. We'll have to do it again. Um, Maybe, maybe we figure out a, a system where we say we do it every this night, but we also let's, be honest, we kind of suck at doing that because this podcast is supposed to come out every someday and you know now it just comes out whenever we can. So, you know, it's hard, to, you know, it's hard to do a schedule. You're busy. I get it. We're it's all fine. busy. You know, we all have lives. This is <laughs> this 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 whole thing unfortunately doesn't pay the bills and stuff. And we can't do this every minute of the day. Otherwise, wives, kids, and things like that would just be pissed off at us. So right. this is just the reality we live in. So but next time we do a Twitter space, you know, we'll try and give you everyone an advance notice. So that last one really was just kind of a test run to see how it goes and how successful it'd be. So, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, this week's podcast, it's kind of a special one because we finally have a guest on with us again. We're excited to have Mr. Andy B. Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune joining us in a few moments. We'll go kind of dig into how he became a jazz beat writer, ask him, you know, not sure if you guys know this, but he's actually a jazz fan. So we kind of ask him how he's able to separate being a jazz fan and a, and a reporter. So that's going to be a fun interview for you all to listen to. Stick around for that. But before we do that, let's talk some jazz stuff because there's some jazz things going on right now. Since the last time we did a podcast, man, the last time we did a podcast was probably the Rudy Gobert trade one. Yeah, I think, and, you yep. know, and then it was supposed to be like, hey, we're going to build around Donovan. Donovan's the dude. Let's move on forward. Fo- on on we go. Well, you know, we're still we're still going forward. But is Donovan really going to be part of the team? It doesn't sound like it. Um, kind of feels like no, huh? Yeah. And let's be honest. Did we really ever truly believe that he was going to? Probably not. There was always that guy on our shoulder going, ha ha ha, you stupid idiot. You really think <laughs> they're going to keep him, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I want, let's hear your opinion first as the non jazz fan that can give us maybe more of the broad thought in this whole thing. What are your thoughts on it? Is it obvious that this has to happen? Does it have to be the Knicks? 
Do they need to trade him sooner than later? Give us your thoughts on this. Well, it kind of feels like the Knicks want him the most, right? I think pairing him and Brunson is interesting because they're both smaller guards. But if one thing we learned about Brunson in Dallas is that he can play with a ball dominant guard. So I think the fit will be fine. Uh, But from a jazz perspective, I think I said last time we recorded that, you know, maybe Donovan isn't with the team at the end of the season. I had, I had said uh, all-star post all-star break pre trade deadline, they'd move them. And that's still a possibility, but it's, um, I think in the grand scheme of things, if you can't get guys here now or by next year, it just makes more sense to move Donovan, get the most you can, uh, you know, out of, out of him at this point, Danny's just, you know, stockpiling picks, which again, I brought up on the go bear, uh, post trade episode. It gives the jazz a lot of versatility on what they want to do going forward, whether they do draft young players, uh, whether they use these in trades, whatever the case may be. But I think it's what's best for the Jazz and honestly, potentially best for Donovan Mitchell at this point in his career to to move on if he's not going to be able to really compete this year or next. I mean, he's what, twenty? Donovan's 25 years old, I believe. So it's not like by any means he's at the end of his career, but he definitely wants to start winning. The NBA is kind of weird now with everything going on, you, you know, KD and Kyrie, but from an outside perspective, not being a jazz fan, I think it's what's best for the jazz. If they don't plan on getting guys in here this season or next, then yeah, you, you got to move them and get, get the most you can out of them. The the new motto for the jazz that I've come up with, we need the pick for Vic. Um, oh, I've heard some other ones too. I won't mention them on here because they're explicit, well, but <laughs> well, and and then, then obviously the one that's going around the easy one, instead of take no, they're going tank. No, so that's mm. but you know that's not very. I don't feel that's very clever. So saying the pick vervik is way better. <laughs> Why do you got to say it like that? Um, the, the pick vervik. vervik. Um, <laughs> speaking of, of Vic, by the way, give us his full name so people know who we're talking about. Victor Webinyama. There you go. Yep. I'm just I'm just gonna keep just put simple. in Victor W into no, YouTube or no, Google and Vic. he'll pop up. You've watched all the Office episodes before, right? You're familiar with The Office? I mean, there's a lot of them, but yeah, I've watched many of them. So I, so I saw this on Twitter, and it's so funny. I wanted to share it. When, do you remember the episode when it's kind of like at the start of it, and Dwight's sitting there in gym, and he's talking, you know, he's eating all this, like, food that he's got to eat because it's gone bad. It's like his cell, he's holding it food. Uh-huh. And Jim goes, he's like, could it happen in a month? And he's like, I could see that. Do you remember this episode at all? Yeah. So I saw somebody somebody on Twitter say, here's the Donovan situation when the Jazz are in a It was just like the perfect. And for any of you out there who have no idea what I'm talking about, you it's hard to explain, but you just do a YouTube search. But basically, Jim's like, so this is going to happen soon? That's possible. What about in a month? That I could see that happening. <laughs> Two months? Very like, you know, it was just, you just kept yeah. doing it. And it was, it was like the perfect answer. It's like, uh-huh. it's true though. Like there's, there is no quick solution it, this trade doesn't have to happen tomorrow it could no. it could very well we could be it, it could be happening at the time we're recording this they could be on the phone right now and saying let's do this let's you know god that would uh, suck because then we'd have to hop on later and do some do reaction <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think i think a lot of jazz fans i don't know if they think it has to happen now or if maybe they just want it to get over with already um, which is kind of the feeling i get is that more jazz fans are like you know what if we're going to do this, just get it over with already. Let's find, we, we don't really have a great team anymore. Our jerseys suck. Let's whatever, just 
whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. uh, that almost feels like the 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 gut feeling for jazz fans right now. We know what's coming. Just let's just do this already and hopefully get that pick for Vic. Mm-hmm. Um so like we had mentioned, Tony Jones had mentioned during this week on an interview with ESPN 700, a local ESPN radio station here in Salt Lake, that he had heard from his – and Tony Jones has some pretty reliable sources when it comes to the Knicks. Because keep in mind, the Knicks have quite a few jazz folks over there. Yeah. I mean, the, the obvious one is that Johnny Bryant's still on the coaching staff over there. But not just that, Walt Perrin is also over there, who used to be like our main scout dude here with the jazz. But he's over there, too. And I think someone else is, too, but I don't remember. Um, So he's got that connection. But there's also, for those that don't know, there's the obvious connection to Donovan in the sense that, yes, Johnny Bryant. But the dude that's now running the Knicks, like Danny Ainge's for us, is a dude that used to run the agency that that represents Donovan now. So, And I think somehow there's a connection with his dad with that guy, too. Like, I don't know if they he used to be his dad's agent or something like that, I heard. So... It's a whole circle of the thing. Anyways, so Tony knows some people in there, and he had reported that this past Tuesday, there was almost a done deal. Like It was very close to being shaken, and let's do this. And I guess the Knicks backed away. And listening to the interview, I don't know if he's saying this is the exact thing that made the Knicks back away, but he did go on to say that the Jazz were asking for. So basically, the Knicks have eight first-round picks that they can trade at this moment which is some of theirs and then also some that they've acquired from other teams. Mm-hmm. The Jazz were asking for six of those eight picks. So they basically wanted all of them but two. They're like, okay, you can keep two. And then they also wanted all their young players that are on low-costing, basically rookie contracts, which consist of, and we know is to call them now, thanks to our Twitter space friend from New York. Yeah. Let's talk Nick. Let's, let's shout her out. Let's talk Nick. She was, she was great. I think her name's Charlotte. I have something from her too on here. So I'll, I'll mention that in a moment. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so IQ is his nickname, but that would be uh, quickly. What's his first yep. name? Emmanuel. There you go. And then McBride. What's his first name? Ron. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Deuce. <laughs> and then also we have um, Grimes. I, and I said Quentin. that during the Twitter space that I love. I love if, if he does become a Jasmine, I might get that dirty just because I like the name Grimes. I don't know. It sounds yeah, cool. Because you're dirty. Yep. Um, and then who else was there? Uh, I feel like I'll be topping. Some- Obi's on there. So yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what, how many players did we just mention? Four, four, five, four players, and then six. I mean, so let's be honest. The jazz are basically just saying we, they were swinging for the fence. You can't blame them. Why not? Cause in, yeah. in their, in their mind, they're thinking just like probably most of us are the Knicks have been building up everything for this chance. Like they've, they've hired the people that have connections with Donovan. They hired a coach that is a really good friend of Donovan's. They've got an ex scout that was part of the process that got Donovan here in Utah, basically. Um, you know, it's all set there for him. Yeah. So the jazz are like, we know you want this dude. So this is what we want. Are you going to do it? And, you know, I got to say bravo to the Knicks, not to just give in into that and probably head setting like now, wait a second. Yeah, we want the guy, but we can't give you our, basically our whole bench and the whole young, future of this team. <laughs> yeah. Our whole, whole dude. So, when you hear that, what do you think would be an offer that the Knicks could come back with and that maybe the Jazz are like, all right, I, I can get down with that? Yeah, I think they're going to stand pretty firm on those draft picks. But I think if they went to – because what they, they got essentially five for Rudy, right? Because they got four and then they got Kessler. So I think if they get five picks and a mixture of, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, people are in love with Grimes post uh, or during this um, summer league. 
So Quentin Grimes, maybe something like Obi Toppin or quickly. I don't think they're going to involve both of those guys. Um, and then McBride, I guess that makes sense. But what I, what I would think would happen is, and I said this on the Twitter spaces is why, why did, why does this have to happen now? If we get close to the all-star break and the Knicks are that fourth, fifth seed, which I still don't think they would be, maybe I think they're going to float more around seventh and they're, they're kind of desperate and they need to make a move then, then, then. I think they're more willing to just kind of sell the sell the farm for Donovan. Uh, and you had brought up CAA. Uh, Leon Rose is uh, uh, the guy who used to be an agent for CAA and kind of, you know, does what, you know, you said Ainge or Zanuck would do here. The, the thing with that is he's been linked to a lot of players, but nobody's going to New York. And, and the most interesting thing to me is that Donovan – I mean, nobody, Donovan, Donovan hasn't said anything about this from what I've seen. He hasn't said anything about what's going on, but it seems like he's fine with going to New York, even with, you know, the ownership and how that is uh, just kind of a, a shit show over there. But yeah, going back to your original question. Sorry, I went down a whole whole, whole rabbit hole there. Um, yeah, I'm going to say five picks and three of those young players. You have to probably add someone, unfortunately, like an Evan Fournier to make the money work. Uh, People are saying Julius Randle. I think the Knicks are probably more comfortable with letting go of Fournier than Randle. And I don't know if the Jazz necessarily want Randle. Randle's a good player. He had a bad season last season. So so speaking on that topic, I mean, based on my inside sources, which is just listening to all the people that are actually have inside sources say things. <laughs> so what, I, what I've gathered from all the things I've been listening to this week and different podcasts and interviews and stuff is that the Jazz absolutely do not want Julius Randle. And yeah. basically it sounds like they don't want, you know, there's a lot of talk about RJ Barrett has to be part of the deal from a lot of jazz fans. No, the jazz, the jazz don't want RJ Barrett too. And it has nothing to do with him as a talent wise. It's more his contract. You got to keep in mind, folks, the jazz right now do not want contracts because he's due for an extension right now. So he's about to get paid and mm-hmm. will be on like a three or four year deal. So you don't, they don't want that. And then also what I heard kind of more recently, as far as the Evan Fournier of it all, they actually Ugh. prefer Derek Rose over Fournier just because he oh, matches up and he's only got one year left on his deal. So oh, that's perfect. They, Nobody wants Evan Fournier in this league. So, so they could bring old, let's remember Derek Rose, former Utah jazz man, even though he never, it was like for two days and he requested <laughs> a buyout, but again, it could happen. You bring him back and he, you just buy him out again or yeah. maybe trade him for a second round pick or something. I don't know. Um, but that's, yeah, that's something that I've heard more recently. They don't want Fournier either. They prefer Derek Rose. Um, speaking of these things that I've been listening to all week and updates and things. So on the latest episode of the ESPN collective podcast, which is basically like the three basketball nerds of ESPN, which is wow. um, Brian oh, Windhorst, you know, yeah. the guy that, points up in the air you can't see me right now but i'm doing the point in the air thing you know what's what's going on that's the old fandango dance from wwe but go ahead and then mr tim mcmahon and then there's also tim is how do you say his name bob bamitz i don't know however you say his name anyways so during their latest episode of the podcast tim mcmahon said uh basically the following and i'll kind of quote as good as i can he says dude listen what people with the jazz I'm told have been telling folks in Vegas. So you remember everyone basically in the NBA is all together in Las Vegas this past two weeks or so. So everyone's talking to each other is that the jazz have been telling people, listen, we got five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. 
we're going to get more than that for Donovan. So, um, I mean, that's, I mean, when it comes to draft picks, I mean, I really don't, maybe their absolute bottom line will be like five draft picks, but it sounds like they really want six or seven. I mean, probably even tried for seven, to be honest. Um, why not? So Man. they also kind of had mentioned, I mean, I think that's where I heard about how Derek Rose was more of the want of things. And I, I think I, maybe I was talking with you about it, but it sounds like the players that they really want, even though they would like to have Toppin, it, it doesn't sound like he's even as high as it has to be. It's really more as they just want the younger, younger dudes, which would be McBride, Grimes, and then the t- more talented of them, well, I guess you could say would be IQ. They do mm-hmm. want him um, because if he does, I mean, you bring him in and if he is successful, then there is a chance that then the jazz are like, okay, we want to give you a contract extension, but that's something they can deal with later on. They don't, yeah. you know, so um, really, I mean, it really truly sounds like I, I, I was joking about it, but it really does sound like they really give more of a shit about the picks for Vic than anything. Like they, we had kind of talked about me. Are they really going to, you know, tank it for picks? Well, at this point, I've just kind of concluded that, yeah, they are, they really are going to go full on for picks and this draft next year. So I don't know when you hear that, well, not, that sound, not just that this sound year, like a smart move. <laughs> would you, would you agree that it's a smart move for them to do, I guess? Uh, yes, because historically you look at Utah, it's a hard place to get free agents, right? Guys that are not, not, um, not role players by any means, but guys that are really going to move the needle. So how else do you get players either through trade or through the draft? There's a lot of good players in this upcoming draft. We've, you know, we've talked about Vic, there's Scoot Henderson. There's a lot of younger guys that are going to be good. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there's guys that are going to be good the next draft and the next draft. There's always players coming into the league. It's and you have to trust the Jazz in their scouting because uh, generally they do a pretty decent job of that. But I, I think they're doing exactly what they need to do because, again, historically, very hard to get any type of high-profile free agents into Utah. And, and so, even if you clear up that cap space, essentially, you're clearing up that cap to maybe bring in a flyer on not necessarily a flyer, but a really solid role player that you may have to slightly overpay to play with some of these younger guys that you're drafting. Yeah. You know, I heard them again during all this stuff I've heard this week talking and it was, it was something I wanted to bring up with you of, of the roster that we have right now. Do you really see any of these dudes being on the roster when we go to start the regular season? Like, and it was interesting hearing their reply. And it was funny. Cause like they said, uh, Walker Kessler, probably. Um, oh, no doubt. Prob- you have to keep prob- him. <laughs> probably Malik Beasley, just because I don't know, just because he's pretty cheap and the jazz might want to just see what he can do, I guess. But it's crazy to think that everyone else on the roster, they no people can't really think logically that, yeah, they'll be there. Like, and it's crazy to think about even like a Jordan Clarkson. It's like, is, is he going to really be on the team? I mean, maybe, but who knows? It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how you strip down the entire team. You know, I mean, maybe, but I think they keep got a guy like Alexander Walker. They keep you, you have to keep somebody from that Minnesota trade Beasley. You know, maybe they move Beverly Vanderbilt, I think, is a guy that Utah Jazz fans will really, really love uh, just because of how hard he plays. Now, he's not a great scorer by any means, but he gets after it. They're probably going to keep Jared Butler. <laughs> Right. They got to see what he turns into. Oh, we can talk about that here in a second. Um, the Vanderbilt, I mean, I apparently I from 
again, from what we've heard this week, people talking to their sources, apparently out of all the new dudes they've got, I guess Vanderbilt's the one that's gotten the most calls on to people saying, so well, is, he's he like, yeah. is he available? What do you want for him? Kind of a thing. So I don't, I mean, that's why I think people are probably like, I, I don't know if he will be on the team just because honestly, right now it seems like the jazz are just trying to get as much whatever for the future. I mean, you can get as much draft capital but at the same time you have to have guys that can play I mean, <laughs> you have to have a team <laughs> maybe i mean maybe they just bring up a bunch of stars players or whoever's on our summer league right now taco is taco's ready yeah. to go for a solid Ta- eight minutes seven taco's eight minutes selling some tickets i don't know um oh, they love up, them you know you brought up jared butler let's kind of switch real quick just if we can to some summer league basketball because it hasn't it really hasn't been that exciting for the jazz and summer league it is what it is you know wasn't expecting but I think a lot of us were hoping that Jared Butler was going to have a more solid summer league and show that he was ready to take on more minutes. And I don't know, maybe even the starting point guard position, who the hell knows who's going to be on the roster. I don't have, have you gotten a chance to watch much jazz summer league? Yeah. I want to, I'll share my thoughts on Butler. Do you have any thoughts? Do you, do you think he's legit ready to take over more minutes and even be, could you see him being a rotation player in the NBA at all? I think so. I, I now I know he's had a, a a tough go of it in summer league, but I also, you know, I've said this a hundred times. You can't put all your eggs in the basket for summer league. There's guys that have looked awful in summer league that have had pretty decent NBA careers. And on the flip side, I covered it on my podcast. You should see the MVPs of summer league for the past uh, nine years. You would be shocked at who was the MVP of these summer leagues who don't even have a a, a career in the NBA anymore. So I think he has the tools. He is a good player. Everything you saw at Butler uh, or at Baylor, excuse me, God, Butler at Baylor, um, he can play. I think you have to look at some of the guys that he's playing with in the summer league, and that's not to discount. Listen, all these guys are better than I would ever be in my wildest dreams, but they're not NBA players. I think if you get NBA players around him and in a real system an NBA system like summer league is what it is. It's very fun to watch, but again, don't put everything into summer league. I think you have to keep him. You got to see what he does. Cause he, I think he can be a good player. So here's where I, my thought on the whole situation is. So I look at Butler and summer league is you're right. You don't try and overthink it too much and whatever, but I look at it as far as, okay, the jazz season's been over what now, two months or so. So, mm-hmm. I can only imagine at the end of that regular, at the end of the playoff run, and they had their exit meeting with Butler, and they probably told him at the time, hey, listen, we're bringing you in for summer league. We want you to be ready and show us, you know, we have we know you weren't happy with your playing time and stuff like that. Here's your chance. Here's your opportunity to show us you deserve time and stuff, right? Can you imagine that's probably what happened, right? You're shaking your head. Oh, yeah. Imagine- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can imagine that happens. So he has what? month and a half, two months to get himself pumped up, get in shape, ready to come in and be like a leader. He, in a sense, he's going to be the leader of the summer league team, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about well, it, him or taco. Point, sure. Go ahead, when you think about it from that point of view, and I know again, it's just summer league, but do you honestly feel like, does he look like a guy that came in ready to lead that summer league roster that came in to be like, I'm going to get you guys assist. I'm going to, when I think of it from that point of view, I'm really disappointed in Butler. And in the sense that I don't feel like he came in that great a shape. I don't think he came in as a leader. Like when I watch him and I talk about this more like jazz, when I go to games, I, I really pay attention to how the team's vibing at timeouts. Who's, who's pumping up the team. Who's talking to each other and things like that. 
when I, when, you know, when they call timeouts, they do that camera angle when they run up to the the bench, mm-hmm. they're walking in. I can see the dude tie five and stuff. And Butler's just kind of slowly walking up with his head down and just, you almost get the vibe. And as crazy as it sounds like he really does not want, he, he thinks that he is hot shit. Wow. And deserves so much. And, and that's just the vibe I'm getting. I mean, okay. I, 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 and I, let me say this. I really hope, I hope I'm totally wrong on this. I would love for him to prove me totally wrong on this. But when I see this, and this is going to sound horrible of me to say, and I want to be wrong. He, I'm getting the vibes that he's a dude in two to three years is out of the league and is playing overseas or something like that in a G league. Like I was really wanted him to come into summer league and be a better player and a better leader. And I just don't feel like he's done that. Um, am I overthinking it or did he really have the chance to gain his place on the jazz and maybe is kind of screwing it up? What are your thoughts? I think no matter what, he has a place on the jazz number one. So you know, hold on, hold on. Nobody has a place in the jazz right now. Let's be real. No. Again, they got to have somebody, unless you and I are Taco signing fall. 10 days. No, Taco's, they have Taco might there. be on the team. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I go back to just look at who he's playing with. Again, not to talk bad about any of these guys, but you might even have Johnny Juzang getting real minutes for the jazz this season, depending on who gets moved. You talk about him. Uh, and, you know, I, wa- I watched a good number of jazz games, especially after we started doing this. I didn't notice him just kind of not wanting to be there. But, you know, and this is maybe foreshadowing to um, our interview with Andy. Obviously, things weren't right within the organization. And you get a guy coming straight out of college. What is he, you know, if it's if it's a shitty situation for everybody, the youngest guy is going to feel that. And maybe he doesn't have that that. uh quote unquote leader bone in him quite yet. He did it. He 1000% did in college. So it doesn't make me think uh, that he can't do it in the NBA. It's just, you know, you're the new guy. What are you going to say to uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell? What are you going to say to Rudy Gobert? Any of these guys? And, and I'm sure there was times he was hyped, but again, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it as, uh, as much as you did, I guess. I, again, I, I, I really hope I'm just overthinking this and he does, you know, again, it's just summer league. So I would love to see him, you know, if, if he is still on the roster, who the hell knows, but does come into camp in the fall and then, you know, regular season and shows me that I am stupid for overthinking this, but I'm going to say this though. You, you're really screwing us over with possible collabs with players, right? Who was it last time you shit on? And now you said Butler thought he was hot shit. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we got to get players on this. Again, podcast. I want prove prove me wrong. You know, I would there love him to come on and tell me what what I'm saying wrong and what I'm I, I I'm not I'm not sh- I'm not saying they this guy sucks. Get rid of him. I just I'm a little disappointed. Mm. It's like how okay, you know the old fair. parents always say, "I don't hate you or whatever." I'm just a little disappointed. I, I'm, I'm not in that mad. Room. I'm disappointed. Okay. I'm just I, I'm just a little disappointed. And prove me wrong, Jared. If you're listening, I doubt you are, but prove me wrong. I can't um, wait to, for him to have like a 30-10 game and then just point at the camera. Jazz Nation, Screw two you. words for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, summer league's basically coming to an end this weekend. I think the Jazz didn't make the playoff round. I think they have <laughs> one game left and they're done. So summer league is what it is. Um, the highlight of summer league for most Jazz fans will be Taco Fall and how great he is. I, I say sign the dude to <laughs> sign the, sign the guy to the stars. You know, because he can he will sell some tickets, won't he? Oh, absolutely. I think he so, wasn't he playing in the G League at one point last year. So yeah. Probably. Uh we you talked about who's gonna be on the roster. He may be on the roster. I don't know. It's also crazy to me. Like if I was in his crew and like he's like 
bouncing around the NBA and not really having a solid, like why not have him go play overseas or he could probably make some real money playing in China and stuff with the, you know, big dude like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, we're, we're excited for the possibility of taco Tuesday nights with the stars. G League it team. is the possibilities are endless there. It's amazing. So um, I guess we, before we get out of this whole conversation and move into the interview, let's go full circle and just, I mean, obviously the Donovan situation is the big thing at this time. You kind of gave your thoughts. Um, I'm just going to say it this. I think the trade that probably the Jazz realistically are going to try and get will be five or six draft picks, first rounders. We're not going to go into, there are like some of those picks that we talked about are from other teams and they do have little weird things of like their top something protected, top 14 protected. I think the Jazz definitely want mostly the Knicks picks and no protection on those. And then, you know, three or four players. And that's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, it will be interesting to see if maybe is there a third team that bounces in? Uh, that'd be interesting. Maybe that gets the Jazz some more picks somehow that they just happen to throw in Boyan and then he's going to the Pacers for a first round and the Pacers sends somebody to the Knicks. I don't know. Um, there's also talk now just now that, you know, the Heat were kind of supposedly in the rumbling for Donovan and Wanda, but they don't really have a great trade package. But apparently they're trying to get more first round picks. Like, I guess they're in talks mm. right now with Thunder trying to somehow get picks from them. Um, but even then, I don't think they would have five or six picks because they've only got like two available or something right now. I think they have picks. I think the problem with the Heat is that they're always good. So what are, what are Heat picks know. worth if they're late first rounders? Yeah, I just it 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 doesn't sound like they're I don't know. Is do you feel like there's any possibilities of another team coming in? Do you could there be a third team? Um, I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's speculate I mean, there, a little here. There could be because everyone, you know, enjoys making moves, but I I think a lot of teams are afraid to make a deal with Danny Ainge if we're gonna be real about it. I think I kind of mentioned this maybe during that Twitter spacing. Like, what if a thirteen came in like the Pacers? Like, New York needs another big guy or whatever or something. So, what if somehow it becomes a three-team deal? Pacers, Knicks, Jazz. Pacers send Turner, who they've been trying to trade since forever, to the Knicks. Knicks trade, you know, those young guys to the Jazz and their picks. Jazz send Boyan to the Pacers. Pacers give the Jazz a first round too, so the Jazz get more draft cap. I don't, obviously, I don't know how that all matches up, but what if something like that came together where we get even more picks? Could you, could you see something like that happening, or am I just crazily thinking right now? Well, you could, but with you saying the the Knicks don't need another big guy. I know that might have been hypothetical, but they, they have Robinson, they have Randall, they have Toppin. Uh, they don't need anyone else. Uh, and What's the other dude's name? Jericho Sims, I think they don't need another big, um, but an, another team could come in if if they're getting a good deal out of it. But uh, moving a pick, I, it depends. It depends on what Utah's giving up. But you'd have to think Boyan is a guy that a lot of teams would be interested in, especially with the con expiring contract. But maybe someone who can help them get over the hump. Conley, I don't know what his value is at this point. The the sign and trade thing to Cleveland for Sexton didn't make any sense to me for Cleveland because they just brought back Rubio. Uh, why would they want Mike Conley uh, to back up to be a third point guard? I don't know, but yeah. The Jazz and, and Cleveland just had this weird relationship kind of thing. Ever you know that that we kind of kidnapped Clarkson from them for Exum, and now. <laughs> You know, possibly give them. I can't believe it. It's even going back to that. I said, okay, how the hell 
<laughs> that happened. I don't know. That was your um, boy, though, Dante Exum. You know, he's actually you still have some stock, don't you? I still, still he's kind of killing it over in Europe League, but you know, <laughs> great. <laughs> he had two highlights in the whole year. Um, I don't know. I, what I, you know, there's this whole Donovan thing. We don't, it is what it is with that. Other players, I mean, we're talking about Mike Conley. There's not much talk be, besides the sign and trade. It is kind of interesting, you know. There hasn't really been much rumblings about Boyan about teams being interested, but like you said, there has to be teams interested in the guy. Like, mm-hmm. why? It's weird that we haven't heard. I wonder if he's like just the dude that we wake up one day. And it's like, oh yeah, he's been traded to whatever, and it's like, oh wow, we didn't see that coming, but yeah, it makes sense. Like, I don't know what's a team that you could think, and I know I didn't really give you preparation for this. Sure I like didn't. to sometimes just throw things at you. Yeah. What's a team that you can think of off the top of your head that could really use a guy like Boyan to help them get to the next step? And honestly, you're going to say I'm crazy. Your team, the Orlando Magic, that are kind of, I'm not going to lie, I could see them making, you know, they're kind of could go up a level. What if they got a good veteran dude like Boyan on the team? I don't think uh, Boyan is the one that they would go after on the Jazz. I, if there's any move, okay, I'm not even going to speculate on that because people <laughs> just make fun of me. But the... uh I, you know, Portland might be a destination for Boyan. They need another guy. Like in that starting lineup, you have Nurkic, you have uh, obviously Lillard, Simons, um, Jeremy Grant. Boyan might fit in really well there, being able to space the floor and shoot. I don't know what Portland has to offer, but, you know, asking just off the top of my head, I think he would be a good fit there. Ooh, can I, let me throw this one. This just came to me. Yeah. What about a team like Memphis? What if Memphis is like, you know, we are so close to going to that next level, but we just need another dude. I don't know what they have really to offer because they have so many. They got a shit ton of young players, but like like, rookie guys on rookie deals. So who who do they want to get rid of, though? I don't know. I don't know if they want to get rid of anybody. I mean, they let Kyle Anderson essentially go to Minnesota. So I don't know if they're a a destination for him. I I think it's more of a team that's in that mid-level like Portland. Well, obviously they weren't last year, but where you would think they would be this year to help them get another score guy that can uh, spread the floor. And actually Boyan's a pretty decent defender for what it's worth. So, yeah, it's a, it is a crazy time in jazz land just because you literally, you look at the roster and, I would tell my advice to all you jazz fans don't pre-order any jazz jerseys right now. I mean, and I if know you do not, do the credit card thing where you can turn it in if they get traded. I'm not just saying that just because the new jerseys I'm not too hot on or whatever, but just remember, apparently you're not getting these jerseys till like for a couple of months. So I already feel bad for all you that may have pre-ordered Rudy Gobert Jersey. Cause from, from what I've understand, you, you can't cancel it. Like you got to wait till you get the Jersey and then, then return oh, it. That's awful. You know? So I, I could be wrong on that. If you're, if you're somebody with the jazz team store listening, let me know if I'm completely wrong on this, but that would suck to be buying, you know, these jerseys and have to wait a couple of months to get it just to then return it. So maybe hold off to buy those jerseys until the season actually starts. Um, yeah. my well, let me ask advice. you this uh, as a, as the jazz fan that you are, if we, uh, if you, the jazz, have to get rid of everybody but one guy, right? And I say everybody but one guy. You're going to keep a lot of these young guys. Uh, and and the only guy, the two you get options to keep are Bogdanovich or Clarkson. Who are you wanting to keep out of the two? Well, that's easy. It's Clarkson. Just because I know that he will help sell some jerseys. And, and I'm, not even th- <laughs> I'm not even thinking like help win games. I just think that he would help still – because. I think of it more of like the poor, I feel bad for the poor marketing, the ticket sales reps, the people that got to sell. Oh yeah. You know, all that 
they're going to have a hell of a time selling this team this season because all it's going to be about is, no, stick with us. It's almost like back when the Jazz, you know, were with Ty Corbin and they were winning like 25 games or whatever. I remember back then they were just like, no, no, we promise it's going to be better next year. Like I can remember them. That was their sell. Just like, okay, but you can buy some tickets this year if you want, but next year, whoa, the future is bright, you know? And that's, I wonder who that comes from. Like, is that just a sales play? Like the VP of sales at the jazz is like, I mean, that's what you Hey guys, do. all right, check this out. Or is it like really coming from top, like, you know, operations wise saying, this is what you can tell people. I don't know. I mean, you never know. Injuries happen. Different things happen. I mean, if you're selling season tickets right now, you're not, you're, if people are calling to renew or whatever, there's like, why would I renew? And you're not just like, well, cause Donovan's going to be there. He's going to kill him. <laughs> this is just going to be like, well, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have young players. They're going to be all over the place, but who's going to be all over the place? Well, someone young and exciting. that can do some crazy dunks. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, I'm going to have to think about if I want to renew. I will All say right, this about a team that's about a team that's uh quote unquote tanking minus Portland last year. I think fan bases really fall in love with certain players on bad teams. Like when their team is awful, they'll, you know, like I swear to God, Vanderbilt's going to be a fan favorite if he's here because he just plays so hard. Uh, so that's one thing that they could say, Hey, fall in love with these young guys. Cause they're, they'll be on the championship team in exactly. five years. <laughs> I mean, Hey, they're fun and exciting. And you know, what else is fun is that those younger players will, they're all about, they're cool with doing like the autograph signings and stuff. So they'll show mm-hmm. up to the car dealerships and sign things. And I mean, really, if you're a bad team and that's how you have to sell the team is that those players are there and they'll be here to meet you and they want to hang out and stuff like that. They want, they enjoy the community. It's yeah. They might be losing a shit ton of games, but they're they're Hey, come say hi and stuff like that. You know, they'll be yeah. at the junior jazz appearance. So, um, all right. Anything else before we take our break and move into the interview with Andy that you wanted to get off your chest this week? Nope. Nothing to get off my chest. I'll, should I do my plugs now and just get that over with? Uh, sure. Let's, let's cut them again. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, wow. I'm that's kidding. messed up. Actually, uh, so you know what? Let's hold that. We're going to do the interview. Okay. We'll come back when we'll do plugs and give our thanks and all that. So uh, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll hear from probably nothing. <laughs> And uh, up next, we're going to hear our A&S interview. Electrical. No. Well, yeah, you know what? Let's give that a quick plug. ANSElectrical.com for all your electrical needs. Uh, find everything on there. Tell them Jazz Nation sent you. If you're in you know, the Salt Lake Valley, uh, they'll be able to help you out with all your electrical needs. ANSElectrical.com. You are so professional at it now. You are ready to go. And again, that's A like Apple, N like Nancy, S like Sierra. I wish we had like a cool jingle. We got to come up with the jingle. Got ANS electrical. I'll let you work on that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll workshop it. For all you that can't see me, which is everybody, I'm doing cool jazz hands while I'm doing that too. So um, yeah, ANS electrical. Again, I've said this before. I say it again. Their website's not that great, but it has the contact info there and that's all you need. And they are great at their work. That's that's more important than having a cool website. They are guaranteed to do great work for you. So check them out. All right. We're going to take a quick little break here, and we will be right back with talking with Mr. Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune. All right, everyone, and we are back, and we have someone here with us now, an interview. We haven't done one of these for a while. We are honored to have here with us Mr. Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune. Andy, how are you doing? I am great. How are you guys? Oh, fantastic. Thanks. So let's jump on into everything because I know time is limited for us, and we have so much to ask you. First things first, we do have some questions that we like to ask everyone that we have on as guests just to kind of help the listeners get to know you. So answer these as quickly as you can. Don't try and overthink it, please. 
Okay. All right. First question. What is your favorite fast food place? Oh, um, gee, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I probably go to Panda Express more than anything. Does that count? Sure. That's perfect. All right. How about what is your favorite sit down and dine in type restaurant? Maybe you give us one local and then maybe one you found on the road. I mean, I go to Hopkins Brewing a lot here in Sugar House. So I guess, you know, uh, that's and then on the road. Gosh, um, I mean, there's Screen Door in Portland. That's really good. Um, there's uh, where else? I mean, there's so many good restaurants. You're, you're making me think like season thoughts during the off season. Um <laughs> Gosh, uh, you know, obviously some really good spots in New York. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's Flying Saucer in Houston. Um, yeah, we'll go with those. Okay, perfect. Uh, next question. Your all-time favorite band or artist or maybe your t- top three? I love Cut Copy, which is this Australian uh, electronic uh, band and generally kind of other artists down that line. So I'm, I kind of listen to like pop electronica a lot. Okay, cool. How about your all time favorite movie? Ooh, um, stranger than fiction is really good. I don't know if it's my all time favorite. Um, yeah, but we'll go with it. First thing that came to mind. Do you have, what was like the last movie you saw in the theater? Gosh, I mean, it's honestly pre pandemic. I haven't seen one since. Oh, okay. Um, so it's been a minute. So, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right. How about this one? Your current favorite TV show? Are you binge watching anything right now? No. Um, and, and honestly, I'm not a huge TV binge watcher, but I, I think my last binge uh, watch was I rewatched Mad Men a couple months ago. Wow. So you're the only one that hasn't seen any of Stranger Things or have you just watched some of the things? Uh, wow. Not I haven't seen any like Better Call Saul. I haven't seen Breaking Bad. I haven't seen The Wire. I haven't seen like everything. I, I like uh yeah just honestly and it's not like any uh special thing but yeah I, I just am not like a regular tv watcher wow that's incredible all right here's our final question <laughs> um what was like the last spot you went on a, i mean you're, you seem like you're always busy what's the last like vacation you went on where did you go to for yourself um let's see i uh, you know i i actually was going to go on a trip to europe and go to sweden and the netherlands and then i got covid the day before i was going to leave so that sucked but um uh in the last you know obviously was just in vegas for summer league I'm trying to think before then went to st george during the all-star break um i have stuff planned for the rest of the summer but i yeah i'm trying to think of the last um yeah, but probably my last vacation was St. George and for the All-Star break. So there we go. All right. That's, hey, anything to, anything's a vacation if you count it as a vacation, even St. George. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's jump into things here. Let's get kind of a background on Andy Larson, shall we? Um, first off, where did you grow up here in the Salt Lake area? Did you go to high school here? What high school did you go to? Yeah, I uh, grew up in Murray and then moved to Riverton when I was about 10. Um, So went to a whole bunch of different like elementary schools. And then uh, when I when we moved to Riverton, I kind of went started going to Waterford, the Waterford school in Sandy um, and went there, honestly, from fifth grade to 12th grade. So, um, yeah. Cool. And did you was there always like a passion for writing, reporting or was there something else in your mind when you were in the high school years? I mean, I always had a passion for sports and a passion for the jazz. Um, I had a, you know, honestly, my background was more math. Um, So I was always like pretty good at numbers and like 
um, kind of the analytics side of things. You know, honestly, my first love was like baseball stats. And I, I remember like carrying around baseball prospectus in my backpack and would just like read it in between classes, like was a, a, a crazy nerd. Um, and, and so, yeah. And then kind of like uh, when I was a, a freshman in high school, I got a summer job that made me eight bucks an hour. And I was like, you know, like 14 or whatever, and had no idea what to do with the money. And so, uh, you know, it's 300 bucks a week. I was like, oh my goodness. And, and so back then I, you know, jazz season tickets were five bucks and I, I bought my, me and my dad jazz season tickets. Um, I was like, this will be something to do. And it, and it was, and I, it was super fun. Uh, and then kind of went, went from there. I guess I, I'm going to guess that's going to be your next question. Those, uh, I got to say, those were the days. Those were my two or three years of having season tickets as well. It was the Ty Corbin years when they were somewhat affordable and, uh, yeah, those These were, were the days. Yeah. For me, it was the last Jerry Sloan year. So I think the first year yeah. I bought season tickets was 2004, 05 was the first season. Yeah, I was there too. I was actually, I was talking about that last night. I was there for the famous Sloan versus the Bulls game and all that mess. So, yep, I do remember that. So those were the days. Um, all right. Yeah. So now you, you're done with high school and you move on to college. Where did you go to school from there? Up at Westminster in, in Sugar Apps. Okay. And what was, were you going for math there too? Or what was your, yeah, yeah, actually I I was uh, a math major, um, kind of a late choice math major and just took a whole bunch of different stuff. I ended up kind of being a math major because I had a whole bunch of math credits left over from high school and it was something I could get done quickly and take a whole bunch of other classes. I also love like Westminster's math department. I know, I know jazz fans don't care about this, but like, (laughs) uh the the teachers are awesome and like it was small there were like five kids in my Westminster graduating class uh, of of math majors and so it, it made it really like personable and small and fun and anyway it was great so how the hell does somebody that's a math genius that's not working for Tesla end up becoming a jazz beat writer how wh- what happened what was your first adventure into writing or jazz land yeah so I um in 2000, I think seven or 2008, Jazz had a contest for their website, like utahjazz.com called Jazzbox. And it was this blog site that, you know, they were, they were trying to keep up with the trends of the interwebs and wanted a blog on their website where people could read jazz content. And kind of rather than hiring their own uh, writing staff like they have now, essentially, uh, they wanted jazz fans to write about the team. And, and so um, they, they had a contest to see who could write for it. I tried one year, didn't make it. And then the second year um, I did. And they were in particular, like looking for a specific slot. So they were looking for like, uh, they were looking, one slot was like looking for a grandma. And one was like looking for a lower bowl season tick holder. And one was an upper bowl season tick holder, which was the kind of slot I got. Um, one was like looking for, uh, you know, someone who had been a jazz fan since the beginning. And someone was like, they were looking for a new jazz fan and just kind of trying to look at the team from different perspectives. And so, um, anyway, I, so I, once I kind of got that foot in the door, um, they, they offered like a, you could meet Kyle Corver and I don't think we ever met Kyle Corver. Um, and you could get a free jazz jersey if you did this. And so I, we, we did it for a couple seasons. They shut that down. 
I moved on to the SB Nation Jazz blog, SLC Dunk, still love those guys. Um, and then moved over to uh, Salt City Hoops when Spencer Ryan Hall, who was the guy who ran Salt City Hoops, was hired by KSL.com to be their news director. He was looking for someone to take over that the ESPN Jazz blog, Salt City Hoops. And uh, I had kind of made a, a name for myself in the blogging scene over the course of my college uh, life, I guess, a little bit. Um, just by writing about the jazz basically a couple times a week. And uh, so I took that over. And one of the great things about working for Salt City Hoops was there's a credential. So I could actually start going to jazz games in person, interviewing players, interviewing Ty Corbin. Um, And then let's see, three or four years later. uh, No, I guess that's not true. Two years later, um, KSL.com and Spencer hired me there to run their jazz coverage there. And then three years later after that, in 2018, uh, the Tribune hired me. So it was just, yeah, like literally, you know, fan blogging, like, you know, just on the side and from my college dorm kind of to to where I am now. Cool, cool. I mean, it's funny. You, You have this awesome, crazy degree in math but you're doing this job that has probably zero to do with it. But in a way, is there any kind of math that comes involved with it in any way? Or is it, I mean, maybe yeah, there's statistics I, and stuff like that, but yeah, for sure. And like analytics was kind of like the first thing that made me stand out in kind of the blogging space, if you will. So like writing about, yeah, jazz player stats and um, the, the analytics of what you could project from them and who was performing well and who is more inefficient than you know the fans and and frankly Ty Corbin or Jerry Sloan thought so that was that background and then honestly like uh again like I have to give shout outs to Waterford and Westminster here like they were really good at teaching you writing even if you weren't a writing student right like so I had um a background in in writing a whole bunch of different things well and you know honestly because I read some of my favorite authors like you know uh bill james on the baseball side and and zach lowe and um you know you can go down the list of kind of the old school basket bloggers but you know um zach harper and uh you know dan dan uh you know levine and, and you know just a whole bunch of these other guys that um were were covering the nba from a really cool perspective i mean free darko um, it was, it's just like, it's, I, I had an idea of what a good jazz article would look like and just kind of tried to copy that through, throughout my early career, I guess. So you kind of mentioned your whole adventure there when you got to where you are now, at what point in that whole process did it finally become like, almost like you're getting paid and wow, this could actually be like a full-time job. Like what point of that did it become reality for you? Yeah. I mean, at Salt City Hoops and SLC Dunk, I was still working I you know had a I had a real job I I worked in real estate um and so in um it was when kind of I when Spencer Hall and I talked for the KSL job um and at first that was just a part-time job but uh, I ended up quitting my real estate job just to take the part-time job worked at lived in a room in a four-person condo that cost me $275 a month so I could um, kind of live on this part-time job and focus on the jazz full-time. So like, it was that kind of graduation from going from Salt City Hoops, um, which did not pay me money to, um, you know, making, I think it was 
$15 an hour for, for KSL, um, 20 hours a week then. So you talked about how you had jazz season tickets. So you've obviously been a jazz fan. Was it difficult to kind of separate yourself as a jazz fan to becoming more of the reporter? Because I can imagine that. I mean, I, for myself, I found like, I feel like that would be difficult for me to be like, okay, once you go, like, when you go into the locker room and you meet players and coaches, you can't really ask them fandom questions. You got to ask them serious journalist questions. So was that kind of a difficult thing for you to do at first? Um, no. And I, I don't, I don't really know why. Um, but you know, it's, it's not that hard. Uh, you know, at first you have imposter syndrome a little bit, obviously, but, and, and you know, you, you do your best to, follow the lead of the reporters that are there. You know, I, I think um, maybe the exception there was with like Ty Corbin in that 25 win season where it was just like, Hey bro, you, like you are the 30th ranked defense in the league. What's going on here. And like probably could have asked those questions in retrospect more tactfully than I did. And then, but like, honestly, um, and, and you know, Ty and I did not have like an awesome relationship because I kept asking him all these kind of annoying questions, but I also kind of stand by it because, you know, the jazz were bad then and, and, and in ways that also didn't make sense. So, um, and, and, you know, Ty, frankly, wasn't a good coach at times. So I, I think like, um, yeah, you know, that, yeah, there's like no cheering in on press row, but like, it's, it's, it wasn't like a hard habit to break. I don't think. Was there, so you had a, a rocky relationship with a coach. Was there any players when you first started that you were like, maybe were really cool to you and maybe helped you kind of come along? For sure. I, you know, honestly, Richard Jefferson was, was really big for me. Um, and less, you know, it was not like he was a mentor or anything, but he was really honest about my questions and really kind of thoughtful about answering them in a way that, you know, wasn't just giving a soundbite. It was telling me the reality of them or, you know, Hey, yeah, we are bad or screwed up in this particular way, but here's why. And here's kind of the bigger context to what was going on was, was great. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't like talked to RJ since then to kind of give him that thank you, but like, yeah, I, he was um, him and Marvin Williams that first year were, were, were great to talk to and were really helpful in like uh, yeah, my development there. Um, you know, kind of the other direction was NS Cantor and, and not really until later, but like, um, that was, he was kind of the first player, um, that was not happy with my, my writing, right? Like I said, Ennis was bad at defense, which, you know, obviously he was, but I was one of the first people who said Ennis was bad at defense. And, you know, like when you're a, a second year NBA player, it's, it's, you don't get a lot of criticism yet. And I think he, he reacted to that pretty negatively and kind of even, you know, kind of shut me out or stopped answering my questions for a little bit. And that was, that was tough as a young reporter, but like, you know, ultimately I, you know, I, I always one I guess one of the things that my fan perspective has really helped with in my reporting is knowing like who I'm writing for and I'm not writing for the players, right. I'm writing for fans. Like I was growing up fans, like you guys listening fans that are, real jazz fans that want to know like the 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 info and so I, I i and that's one of the reasons why I, like maybe sugarcoat it less than some of the other writers do or or um you know are because i i, mean, I think my responsibility is to you guys rather than you know my sources a little bit and that means sometimes some uncomfortable conversations but also means i think uh a, a better product hopefully overall was there one story or article that you writ or wrote that kind of broke you maybe in more national 
things and maybe Nat, maybe like a Zach Lowe even became more familiar with you or anything like that? Um, uh, you know, I, I think there were, there were a few that got national attention. I'm trying to think the, the one I wrote on, uh, Damari Carroll, um, was I called it Damari Carroll's war on possessions where just cause he was getting, uh, you know, the, the junkyard dog, as they called him then was getting all these blocks and steals and, and rebounds. And basically it was like, Hey, this guy's not like a great shooter, but he's an energy player that gets you a whole lot of different, you know, chances at, at shooting. Um, that got a little bit of national attention. I, you know, I remember it shared on Yahoo. Um, you know, honestly, when I was writing for Salt City Hoops, one of the cool things about that, because it was an ESPN blog, was that you had the chance to be called up to ESPN.com, the national website, from time to time. So I remember when Quinn Snyder was hired, um, I pitched the, you know, kind of a, hey, what's Quinn Snyder like and what will the new look jazz look like piece and, and got that published on ESPN.com. And so that was very cool. Um, you know, honestly, uh, then from there, it was like, I think the triple team, you know, kind of became my, uh, pro- you know, kind of my brand product, the, the biggest thing that I do. And it was, it, you know, I think just kind of the consistency of like national writers are always looking for a way to like tune in to figure out what's going on with the team, right? Like without, necess- they don't have the time to watch 30 teams play every game they play, right? So guys like Zach Lowe, guys who really wanted to cover the league, um, started reading the triple team just because, um, you know, they, they wanted to know what was going on with the jazz. And so that, that became really cool too. So for me, I, I've been doing this whole jazz nation stuff pages since basically the Darren Williams trade. And I believe I came to came familiar with you probably, I would say probably the SLC dunk time and stuff like that. And there was even a time that we actually met up and I did like an interview with you for, something when I was in school. So do you have any, do you have any recollection of maybe like the jazz nation pages? Did you coming up as a reporter, like, like the fact of like, cause I've heard it from different sides. Like people think, Oh, all he does is just share stories and it's annoying. And he thinks he knows it all where from my point of view, I always feel like I not to point myself on the back, but I always like, I feel like I try and help people out in the sense that I'm sharing their stories to more people, hopefully and stuff like that. So from a reporter side on it's, it would be nice to hear. Does it feel like I actually help get things out or is it more annoying that I maybe pull little tidbits from things and share it? No. Yeah. Like I, 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 I'm a like impressed and like, uh, I like, I, I think pretty grateful for what you do. You know, like I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's kind of always a question of like, you know, from a news local news point of view is like, is it good that people are, instead of going to sltrib.com as much, you know, they, they're getting their news from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you are, you know, one of the, if, if someone wants to follow the jazz, you're one of the, the leading accounts, obviously. Right. Um, I'm really grateful that you share my, and obviously everyone else is too, but like share my work. And at least, you know, there's that conduit from what I do to the fans and, and, and the fans that are, you know, especially the fans that are just, I, you know, listening to this podcast or, or watching your page and may not follow at Andy B. Larson or at SL Trip Sports or whatever, right? Like, I, I think it's really, I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, I, I, I get like, I, you know, I, I guess I understand the criticism, but it's just kind of not uh, the, the world in which we live in are that is, is ruled by pages like yours. And 
I think you do a really good job of giving credit, of sending traffic where it, where it can go and can kind of continue to support those people who are, um, you know, beat writers and doing the work and, and talking to players and that sort of thing. So like, you know, honestly, I, I'm thinking like there are, there are other teams that have kind of similar pages, right? And, and then instead of linking to an article, they'll do like the, the, a screenshot of the article or they'll do the, uh, you know, edited Photoshop with uh, someone else's jersey and then a poll quote and, you know, put my name in the bottom right corner. And there's no real way for like the Tribune to, to make money on that or for, you know, me to continue being employed that way, right? Like, so that you do it in the way that you do it is, is great. And I, you know, I, I know that like the, the Utah jazz, the, the organization has been frustrated with you at times. Uh, you know that too, but like there's, that's, you're more right than they are on, on essentially everything. <laughs> Thank you. Um, going along that same kind of, and the reason why I wanted to ask that, so let's just fast forward to now the 2022, you know, we all know, newspapers basically gone as far as the old form of a newspaper and there's a new way of journalism and getting your things out. Um, so how does it, how do you deal with it? Where, where, you know, like you work for the Salt Lake Tribune right now and you guys have to do like a subscription type thing online. And I'm yeah. sure you have to hear it all the time. And I see the comments, Oh, you give me a link, but I got to, you know, when I post things and it's from the Tribune, they, I get comments are like, stop posting shit that I got to pay for. What the hell? And it's just like, well, if you're not going to buy the, you know, and I try, I used to try and explain it, but I don't anymore because it's worthless. Just like, you you know, you're not buying the paper anymore. So you're going to have to pay online. You know, it's just the way, you know, yeah. you can't have it for free. So you, the reporter, how do you deal with it when people probably are complaining to you and stuff? Do you even try explaining it anymore? Or you just let them complain online and it is what it is. It depends on my mood. <laughs> Honestly, like to what degree I am uh, tired or angry or, you know, whatever it is. And um, I, snarky, I think. And, and I'm probably too snarky on Twitter sometimes. But like, yeah, you know, like the, the math is very simple. In order to pay me tens of thousands of dollars and continue to like put allow me a place to live, like I need to have a job and that job has to be covering the jazz. And like, uh, unfortunately, the the model of two th- between 2001 and 2012 is dead. That you can't um, make a newspaper run with sponsors anymore. You know, like the 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 ad revenue we get about three cents per one thousand clicks on or uh, three dollars per one thousand clicks on uh, on a Tribune article, right? And so it's like. Well, if you do that math and, and the number of people who are following the jazz and, you know, there, let's say uh, there are a million people who follow the jazz on Twitter. Let's say, you know, I have 40,000 followers. Let's say I get 30,000 art- clicks on, on, a, on an article. Um, that just means that I'm making 90 bucks. And, you know, there's, there's ultimately the, the math doesn't work out for me to, to get a salary at, at 90 bucks an article. So um, that's where we need the subscribers. And that's where we need the tens of thousands of people that we do have. Um, you know, honestly, on both the print and on the online side to, to pay on a regular basis. And that's, um, that's a model. I mean, that's why, like, except for the Deseret News, which does have like, you know, is owned by the, the LDS church and so does get to um, lose money, frankly. So like, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the fun and hard part. And, you know, I, I think, uh, Tony working for the athletic has, has made this a little bit of an easier sell, right? Like that, 
at least two of the three um, kind of main beat writing sources in, in the marketplace are subscriber, uh, are, are subscription oriented. And, you know, at, at the Tribune, we try to make it a, a good mix of subscriber only articles that you want to read and want, you know, need, need to read, hopefully, and, and will pay us the, the eight bucks a month. And then a mix of, hey, you know, we want you to be interested in, and know about us too. So we're going to do these podcasts, we're going to do uh, these free articles we're going to do, you know, kind of public events, all, all the other kind of stuff that we do. So my next question I was curious about, so we're talking about now, it's like I said, you're on the Tribune and then there's also Eric that's on the Tribune. What is the difference between what the two of you do as far as jazz reporting? Like what, what is it that you are maybe your main job is to focus on and what is his main job to focus on when it comes to jazz reporting? Yeah, I mean, it, it, when uh, I would say pre-pandemic, there was kind of no difference and, and we were just kind of splitting it up evenly. Um, I guess the only difference was when I first came in, uh, my editor was like, hey, what's this triple team thing you do? Like he had no idea, which was very funny. Um, and I, you know, kind of was like, look, I write this article every game. It's a good thing. It brings in subscribers. You should you should keep doing it. Uh, and so we did. And yeah, so I essentially... I write the triple team every game. He's trying to do some sort of feature every game on uh, something that really mattered for that game or something that that stood out or, or something, you know, like we go to Houston, we might write about Royce O'Neal or something like that. Right. Or Jordan Clarkson, right. From, from Texas. Um, so that's kind of the goal from a game coverage point of view. And then honestly, like on every other story, we just text each other real quick and decide who's going to write it. Um, and then I, I guess the only other thing would be since the pandemic, since uh, Oklahoma City been writing, obviously the data columns, you know, on and like we wrote them on COVID for a, a year and a half, two years. Um, and then, you know, I'm digging into these other topics now, too. So I'm writing one kind of non-basketball data column a week, except when jazz land is going crazy like it has over the last couple of weeks. Okay, cool. Um, so kind of along that same, we've so we've got you guys at the Tribune. There's Sarah with the Deseret News. Obviously, there's Tony with the Athletic. Um, I guess the question I have is, so are you guys all when it comes to like sources and things like that? Do you guys all have kind of like the same sources, and you maybe communicate with each other? Like, are you about to break the story, or am I cool? Like, how exactly does that work, or is it just whoever gets to it first, kind of a thing? No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, we, we end up talking about, um, and, and honestly, Sarah, Tony, and I are on the phone a lot, but we don't talk about um, who, who the sources are, who's going to break stuff when. I mean, we're competitors, right? Like, we're friends, but we're competitors. And so, yeah, um, you know, sometimes there'll be times when, like, Tony will mention, hey, I've got a story coming out tomorrow, and you're really going to like it, but usually that's a feature, not a breaking news story. You know, that's, that's frankly like him talking to Derek Favors about something that, you know, every year I love Tony, but every year Tony did the, like, what's Derek Favors going to do this year's story. And I, you know, and so he'd, he'd tell us when that was coming out. Um, I, I, I think like um, there's, yeah. So like we, we, we know that we're competitors and we're trying to beat each other on this stuff. Um, and like, so I, I think, sometimes we'll have kind of like revealing chats with each other and in, in like after games and, and whatnot. But, you know, for the most part, like um, from a reporting point of view, it's, it's not a collaborative process, right? Like it is, we are, we are competitors. We're trying to like win the eyeballs of jazz fans and, and do a better job than each other. Cool. So kind of going along with that. And um, we kind of talked about your whole process into where you are now, 
where along that whole journey did you maybe start gaining your sources and becoming more familiar? I mean, that's another thing. I can imagine being like, you know, the jazz fan to being more of a journalist. And then you start getting this quote unquote inside info. Was that probably a harder thing too of like, ooh, someone told me something and you can't really go and text your group of friends like this might be happening. So if you kind of got to keep it inside, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty organic. Like, I it, honestly, my first day with Credential with Salt City Hoops, it was awesome. It was, you know, first day of the 2013-14 season. And uh, I actually didn't realize this until I got a Credential, but they, they give you, the Jazz have like a media room that they now call it the Hot Rod Hunley Media Room. And, and it's... Uh, where and they basically serve you a, a dinner like it's a buffet with like four things and you can get dinner there before the game and, and usually in between the coaches interview which happens at five fifteen, and the tip-off which at you know a, a seven o'clock tip-off so um I was sitting down for dinner down there and honestly Dennis Lindsay came down and sat at the table next to me and it was like hey I've really loved reading your work and it was it was a really cool thing so, you know, at that point, you have a conversation, get to know each other, you start seeing each other in the halls. Hey, can I get your phone number um, and and start a conversation, right? So, you know, honestly, like, that's when you just kind of see these people every day, like like I did with Dennis and like I did with Quinn Snyder. And, you know, you, you start to develop relationships in kind of a pretty normal way. And then, you know, you can talk about stuff that matters on the side. And then, you know, I'll say like one of the other cool things about this is when you do have a unique perspective or if you do report one thing that someone else doesn't have, there's other people uh, who know things that do reach out to you. And then you kind of, uh, you know, gain a a source that way or you, um, you know, you you're you're trying to tell trying to tell a story that's that's different or unique. And and that that really helps. Um, so it's it, like source development is weird. And, and honestly, it's not the thing that I'm best at. You know, I think I'm, I'm best at breaking, breaking the game down. And, and but, I, you know, over the last year and probably year and change has required me to develop my reporting chops. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm proud of what I've done from that point of view. But like, yeah, as like a fan, it's it's, you know, it still is a little bit, you know, was weird, I guess, at the beginning to be like, Oh my goodness! I'm talking to Dennis Lindsay about uh, whether or not the Jazz are going to acquire Jamal Tinsley. This is crazy. Um, to now, it's you know I, I think a a pretty reasonable part of my job. Cool, cool. Um, just to let everyone know, uh, we are being joined now by the assistant to the host, Will Wonders, also on the chat with us. Uh, Will Wonder, are you there? And would you like to ask Andy a question now? Yeah, I am. So, uh, Andy, thanks for your time. I know there's you know not much going on in the world of the jazz right now. It's pretty slow news. So, you know, I knew you had yeah. some free time, but um, you know, you were talking about sources. How do you walk that fine line of you have some information, but it may not be time to break it. What, what does that look like? Cause it would be tough to sit on something where it's like, okay, this is kind of a organizational change, you know, big time news, but it's not ready to be broke yet. Look, I mean, I, I don't care when it's ready to be broken. I care about whether or not I know it for sure. Um, Got it. And that's um, that's the thing, right? Like, so there are things that one person has told me, but not two people have told me, right? Like, and so, and including with this Donovan Mitchell thing, and 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 that's where you have to get kind of multiple sources, and hopefully multiple sources from different perspectives. So, like, if you're hearing one thing from you know a, a Donovan Mitchell source, or someone who knows Donovan well, or whatever it is, then you want something from either like Jazz front office point of view to to 
to correlate, you know, to, to make sure that that's true, or, you know, you want to hear it, you, you, you want to figure out what's going on, you know, like, and, and so it, it really isn't like, you know, one person tells you something and you can report it. That's, you know, we, we just have kind of higher standards in that of, of what's, what's real, you know? And, and I think that's kind of one of the things that can get us in trouble. It's like, and, and one of the reasons, so for example, this is a good example is like, Hey, the, the Donovan Mitchell situation, right? Like there were multiple reports of the jazz want to retool around Donovan and Donovan's a star moving forward. Right. Like, yeah. and I heard that from some sources and I heard uh, quite honestly, more quietly from, from other sources that like, no, nah, that's not really what we're thinking at all. Right. Like we don't want to be in the middle. Like we're, we're interested in, in, we, we don't think Donovan's going to be here in the long term. We're, we're going to be the, pretty smart about this. And um, so then you're trying to figure out, okay, which is the smoke screen and which is reality. Right. Um, then there are just some like facts that like you, you, you've got to be able to make sure that you've got, you know, whether that's like a injury or um, you know, a, a trade offer or something like that, where you just have to have multiple sources and yeah. um that's you know so one source doesn't get it and then you you try to chase that second source down if you can and you know like okay who actually can answer this question for me or who else would know and then sometimes frankly you just don't have it and you have to kind of sit on that information until the other domino falls right like and so that's Mm -hmm. why i think you see um when one report comes out you see a kind of a bunch of reports in its wake right like and and that's um part of the reality of that is just like hey uh, you know, I've heard that too, and and just didn't have the confidence to report it because we we didn't have multiple sources on it. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys like you and Tony who maybe take your time to report something, but also you you have the ear to the whole organization and to the again you talk about camps, different players' camps, um, rather than in a time where you know I heard you guys talking about selling subscription and having to get clicks and things like that. Some people will just say shit just to say it <laughs> and, and get clicks. So that's one thing I really appreciate about both of you uh, in, in your reporting. I lean on both of you, honestly, for this jazz podcast, because I'm an Orlando magic fan. So there you go. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, we've kind of moved forward. Now we're in the current jazz talk. Now, you know, the whole Donovan situation, if we can, let's see if we can remove Andy, the reporter and bring Andy, the jazz fan into this for a second. If, possible okay. so i asked this question for andy the jazz fan and and i hope nobody take anything he says right now and ag- you know everything we say don't take this and say andy reported this because this is the jazz fan of andy talking as the fan of the jazz what is your thoughts on the situation that's going on at the team right now obviously you know rudy's already been traded it feels like there's a whole rebuild going on we have these new jerseys that people freaking hate as the as a jazz fan, what are your thoughts on the whole situation, and what do you see happening with the team? Basically, it's it's hard because like I haven't been in you know I haven't worn a jazz fan hat in not a literal but a figurative jazz fan hat right like um, wearing my Salt Lake Summer League hat but that's not a jazz hat uh, I, I, I I like in in so long right like so not in the Donovan Mitchell era um, you know Rudy Gobert's first year was my first year covering the team. Um, I really do just see things from a reporter perspective, but it, like it does remind me of the post Darren Williams rebuild and really post Paul Millsap and Al Jefferson rebuild where they're, they're trying to start over, right? Like that's, that's what's going on. And, and that's, 
you know, I, I understand like fans having multiple thoughts about that, right? Like last year's team sucked. And I, you know, I think uh, it was just, it was a, not a fun experience as Danny Ainge said for everybody. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the prospect of losing a bunch of games in the future is also not that much fun. And, but there's also things that you can kind of take joy from and, either exceeding expectations or the draft or whatever it is um, that, that can make it interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's, I, I guess even from a, like a reporter point of view, like it's all, all these expectations that are unfulfilled and kind of for dumb reasons, right? Like this Donovan Rudy core should have lasted longer than it has. And like, it's, it's been cut short by, bad you know kind of iffy personnel moves around them some good and some just really bad and then you know I, I think like dumb people stuff right like personality complaints between Donovan and Rudy and and some of the other people on the team and uh you know I uh, it's just and you know new front office stuff and uh the disconnect between Dennis and Quinn and just like you know, all of these it, kind of in a vacuum, like you should have had a core that lasted more longer than this. Right. And um, that it hasn't is, is obviously, I think, frustrating from it from a jazz point of view. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm there with you. I think it speaks a lot to how not even just the jazz, but NBA culture as a whole right now. Like you look at KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn and it's like, how does this happen? But uh, I digress on that. I have two questions that I want to ask you, and I know you have limited time. Uh, generally, I, I, we have a ton of jazz fans that listen to this, people that would, you know, possibly younger kids that would like to be in your position one day. What type of advice would you give to someone who's trying to get in the industry that you're in? Uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of um, tidbits, things that they can focus on. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's all about the writing, right? Like one of the great things about hiring for newspaper jobs or journalism jobs or whatever it is, is that if you write good enough article articles, like kind of everything else doesn't matter, right? Like I don't have a journalism degree and I'm uh, writing for the Solid Tribune and like one of our most read and most subscribe subscriber generating article authors there. Right. So like um, it's just kind of about the product that you put out. And so I would say develop and hone and refine that product. That's your number one thing. That's your only thing in order to get hired. Like, so I would say, A, you know, whatever it takes to, to improve there, go to classes, go to writing workshops. Frankly, you just have to practice a lot, right? Like I had a, a long time in, in the quote unquote minor leagues of, of the blogs and, and, uh, and even, you know, like just kind of writing for myself at times, right? Like just write as much as possible, create a, a WordPress, whatever it is, and get your writing out there. And then I would say, and, and do it, do it frequently. Um, you kind of understand the challenges of writing more frequently if, if you are doing it frequently. And then I would say, number two, make sure that you have someone uh, or many someones who are critiquing your writing and, you know, someone who's going to be mean to you. So it's probably not <laughs> yeah. your mom, right? Like have, have someone who's going to be really constructive and tear down on a sentence by sentence level what you're doing. Have someone who's going to tell you, hey, this doesn't make a lot of sense or hey the difference between you and ex professional writer is that um he's using different vocab or different uh you know like find you know i i guess find a target writer that you want to work write like and see mm. what does well or she does well and 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 copy that and then yeah find that critic who can be 
honest with you and, and tell you what you're what you're doing wrong or, or or different or could do different and and can and grow from that but like it's it's all about the writing it's all about like what your product is and, and, and you know i think if you're if you're good enough then yeah you can you can really pretty quickly work your way up and and kind of impress people with with what kind of output you're putting out there perfect you want me to ask my last question there, Daniel? Okay. Yeah. So my last, my last, my last question, like, so you've gone through stages, right? And I, I was able to listen. I wasn't able to take part at the beginning of this uh, interview, but where you're at now, what, what's next for you? What would you like to, where would you like, this sounds like we're going on a date. What's your five-year plan, Andy? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's a chance that this is my forever job and I'm kind Got of it. cool with that. Like, okay. I, I have friends who have, gotten hired by ESPN, um, right? Like Eric Woodyard at Desert News got hired by ESPN. Um, you know, I have friends, you know, I would consider Tim McMahon a friend. Writing for them is not what I want to do. Um, and, you know, like, and it's not ESPN in particular, it's kind of the the national scene. But like, uh, you, you, you know, you don't get to go in depth on a team as, as you'd like. And kind of it is more... I don't want to say clicks driven because that's not right. But like, so for example, when Eric was covering the, he was covering kind of the, the Midwest, upper Midwest region of the, the Bucks, the Pacers mm. and the, the Bulls. And they were looking essentially for him to cover Giannis all the time and Giannis uh, extension talks and Giannis uh, trade talks or, you know, whatever it was. Then. Yeah. And obviously Giannis ended up signing the extension and it just wasn't anything that like was, would really appeal to me as like, Hey, you know, I I think he wanted to do, and he did to his credit, but wanted to do many more of these like really interesting features and, and talk about some of the other players on the team. And even if the bulls weren't good, then like, let's figure out what's going on with this X, Y, and Z player. And just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, do all the things that a a local beat writer gets to do. And, And it's just, it's hard to do that in a national environment. So I really like what I have at the trip now where I get to cover the jazz and I get to kind of, uh, drive our coverage along with with Eric and Aaron, uh, Aaron Falk, our editor. And then, uh, you know, I, I also, frankly, really enjoy the opportunity to write about other stuff from time to time to kind of like keep me sane. You know, like essentially like the that's one of the things I've thought about is like, hey, is it is it good for me to like lead my life in a way that is only is so jazz focused and, is, you know, is not making a difference in the community in other ways. And I wanted to make a difference in the community in other ways. And hopefully I can do that through, through my writing on other topics. But yep. well, anyway, I, this legit might be my forever job. And of course, as I say that, like the tribune will fire me next week or something, <laughs> you know, I, I actually really enjoy doing what I'm doing now. And um, you know, I, it would have to be a really unique and, and special opportunity somewhere else to, to get me to leave. I don't want to be like the Lakers beat writer. I'm not going to be Bill Orr. I'm not, not going to be Kyle June. I'm not going to like leave. <laughs> I I promise that will never happen. I mean, we talked about this kind of earlier, but for anyone listening, keep Andy employed, subscribe to the Tribune, help the guy keep his job. It's it's, as easy as that for all you bitching about having to look at his stories. Well, there's a reason why he needs his paycheck, just like all of us do. do. (laughs) Um, Kind of a lot. You mentioned ESPN there, and it, it made me think of a question. So obviously Woj and, you know, their shams and stuff like that. When you are a local beat writer, do you guys ever get frustrated when they almost, I don't, I'm not saying they purge what you guys do or say, but it's almost sometimes like, 
I feel like something happened this week and I can't think exactly, but maybe it was Tony had said something. And then all of a sudden Woj says it on TV and it's like, whoa, Woj is saying it. It's like, that's the new hot new. Does, does that make sense? You guys ever get frustrated where it's like, well, wait a minute, we've been talking about this for a week. And now just because it's on ESPN, it's big breaking news. Does that ever happen or get you? That happens all the time. Um, And yeah, that's frustrating. Um, You know, support your local beat writer and watch the local news. Cause like, like, you know, that's, we're we're just more on top of it than they are, you know. And then not to say there are things about the jazz that Woj knows that I don't know. To be clear, like you know, Woj is more connected. Justin Zanuck and Woj are like honestly, if they're not best friends, they're close, right? Like it is there are real relationships there that like that mean Woj is who he is and can break stories that we can't break, right? Like so, you know, no doubt props. However. Um, there are a lot of stories that, yeah, it, it feels like we cover and then, um, sometime later the, the national media gets to, and there's a whole nother round of conversation about it, especially on like the jazz nation pages. Right. <laughs> and uh, on uh, other kind of similar like jazz Facebook pages and whatever else. And it's like, guys, we've been, you know, saying this whole time, but I understand people get their news differently and, and, you know, it, or watching ESPN and we don't have a TV channel at the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, but like, yeah, I, I would say that that is, uh, you know, at, at this point I'm it's, it is what it is. And I'm not like frustrated by it anymore. Cause that, that's just, that's just the deal. But like, it was frustrating until I got numb of frustration. <laughs> I understand that. So, all right, well, we're getting toward the end of the interview here. I just want to ask, let's, let's do some like quick rapid questions here to get as many questions in as we can. So my first question that I want is just give us a quick answer. The new way of media this year or this the years we live in now is basically Twitter. Like people love Twitter. That's where they go for news breaking source. So as a reporter, do you just constantly have Twitter open? Are you always checking to be like, oh, something just broke or how does that work in your daily life? I'm sure you're on it right now. Look on, uh, should we look on my Twitter to see like on my screen time to see how often I've been on Twitter this week? <laughs> um it's yeah it's it's not healthy um but yeah i mean honestly i i think twitter was one of the first places where i had a a, a voice and really kind of grew my profile on and kind of within the jazz community so i i really do in a lot of ways credit twitter for like having for working my way up and and being able to have the job that i have now so i i i actually like Twitter, I think a lot more than a lot of like NBA beat writers do, do see it as like the scourge of time that they spend. I, I try to have like kind of more fun conversations on this. I mean, yeah, since let's see, 12 hours, when, how, oh my goodness. 12 yeah. hours today, Andy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I am. Yeah. Uh, no, 12 hours in the last week on Twitter on my phone. Oh, okay. Sounds reasonable. Um, that's still so much of my life. I don't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna die soon. Uh, <laughs> I you know I I but I I honestly I I think I like Twitter you know more than any beat writer this side of Tony um, who is even more obsessed with it than I am. But like uh, I, and you know shouts to Tony for the quote retweets. But yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I do love Tony. I, I I feel like I've taken Tony shots like three times during this podcast, and like <laughs> Tony and I are really good friends. Let's be clear. Um, yeah, I I think, but yeah, the the whole it's it is I think bad for like the Salt Lake Tribune that people are getting their news through Twitter rather than through kind of traditional newspapers now. But that's it is just what it is, and so we have to do a good job of kind of making our news on Twitter and then making 
it interesting enough that people want to get more details at, at the full article. Right. And, and so that's, that's the goal, but, um, and obviously I, I can do better at that. I think we can do better at that, but like, that's, that is kind of like, yeah, like you say, the new media space. Uh, outside of Salt Lake City, of course, what's your favorite NBA city? You get to go, you know, Memphis, New Orleans, New York. What's what's your favorite spot to go to while covering the Jazz? Probably Portland. Um, oh. I, I honestly, Portland's got some great restaurants, like a great beer scene. Uh, it's beautiful up there. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is always really fun to go to. I love the New York trips. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think one of the great things about like Portland compared to New Orleans and New York, is just like ease of getting around. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I still really love Portland. Um, yeah. New Orleans is fun though. Probably my most fun road trip last year was New Orleans. That was, that was really cool. I'm trying to think other good cities to shout out, you know, Chicago, really great. I actually don't like traveling to LA very much. Uh <laughs> it's a nightmare to deal with like yeah. LAX or if you fly into like Burbank, then you got it. Anyway, it's, it's just the traffic nightmare and you're, you're always there on like a second game of a back-to-back, right? Like, so it's, <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's, always, yeah. it's just, it's just a mess. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, uh, Memphis is, Memphis is a fun little town, I guess. Um, as I, long as you stay on one, bill street, you're good. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I got to ask another question as far as jazz related before we let you out of here. And I, I've seen you tweet, speaking a tweet, tweeting about this recently. Um, and a lot of jazz fans are curious. Any updates as far as the TV situation? I know you've been asking a lot about that. Have you heard anything new? I know recently I heard an interview with Bowler Jack, and he had mentioned that as far as he knows, they're going to be on AT&T Sportsnet again next year. Um, but they're still trying to do something new with streaming. I know last season they did like that stuff with Fubo TV and direct stream, but have you heard anything of anything new coming along with that? Um, I should talk to Buller cause I hadn't heard that. Um, yeah, <laughs> but in, in the end, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I've tried to report, I know how important this is for jazz fans. Again, like the jazz fan perspective, how to watch the games is like top of the list. Right. Um, and I, I don't know what their plans are, um, for next year. You know, last year I, I had heard essentially that they had extended the contract for another year. I think Ryan wants to do create something creative with it. And I just don't know that there are any like creative options that make him money also. And like, that's frankly a really important part of this, of this whole thing is like, you know, the jazz making made 20 million a year from the old deal um they, they should be making probably 30 to 40 to 50 million in, in the marketplace but finding that partner that's not AT&T Sportsnet is probably impossible um yeah. and so it's like okay how do you and you know if, how do you replace that 30 to 50 million um unless you're going with a traditional partner or i think is is a really hard question uh, especially if you release bad jazz jerseys and anyway, then it's like, so yeah, it's, it, it's just, and, and then, you know, honestly, the team's not going to be great moving forward either for the next couple of years. So how do you make money in that revenue space? Like it's, it's, it's fascinating. You know, I, I think luckily the NBA revenue sharing thing does mean that it's hard for the jazz to lose a lot of money. But like, and especially in a small market, because small market rules are different for rev- NBA revenue sharing. But anyway, uh, I go, I go so far astray on this because I truly <laughs> just don't know anything about what the Jazz TV deal will be next, like like next year. I'm All trying right, to find out, but I just don't know. Andy, this is the last question, and this is what will get you judged the most by the people that listen to this podcast. Okay, and you don't even ha- you don't have to give context. I don't, I don't believe Daniel asked this at the beginning. I need your 
Mount Rushmore of jazz players. And again, you don't have to give context if you don't want to, but just know this is what gets people um, attacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Stockton Malone, probably Gobert. And then I'm trying to think who's the obvious fourth. I mean, Calbert Cheney, I was thinking. No. Um, <laughs> let's see. thought for sure you were going to say Tinsley. <laughs> yeah. Jamal Tinsley ruled. Uh, Jeremy Evans ruled. We should. I should do something. Eric Maynard. Here. I like this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Jeremy Evans for the fourth because he had the best highlight play in jazz history. How about that? There we go. Ooh, okay. Don't so, contest winner. Uh, there you go. I mean, they, that Clippers preseason play is the coolest thing that's happened on a jazz court. Uh, not, not on a jazz court. And, and it, you know, it, it's that's an insane, insane play. That Look, we, we actually got to hear from jazz fan Andy for a second. By there saying was. About Jeremy Evans. <laughs> um, let's I want to uh, real quick and we'll just yeah, go ahead. you can make this as quick as fan. Um, obviously, in your personal life, and I can tell just looking at you right now, you're a big soccer fan. Us two right here. We're not soccer fans. If you can try and sell soccer to us, what is it about soccer that you love watching on TV, going to? What are we missing about soccer that we're, we need to get into? It's like basketball. Um, you know, okay, yeah, I get it. There are fewer of the, of the baskets, fewer points. But, like, the, the thing I, I really like about basketball and the thing I, I like about soccer is, is pretty similar in that it's, like, the team working together in space to, like, get closer to the goal and – I find a way to, to score, right? Like, so, you know, in, in basketball, that's pick and rolls and cuts and, you know, uh, and creative passing. And, you know, my, my favorite basketball players have always been creative passers have been passers with a vision. I mean, like, I think that's probably just growing up with John Stockton a little bit, but you know, uh, the, the best passers have always been really fun for me to watch. Like Ricky Rubio was great. You know, I, I, I think you can, you can go up and down the list. Soccer has that soccer is like, has that, you know, there's a creative playmaker that can see that if, you know, you're, you're sitting up on uh, at least my seats, you're sitting up on the court and looking down and can kind of see the, the whole space. And you can kind of anticipate when passes are made um, in, in basketball and in soccer. But I love like those moments in soccer when, uh, and, and in basketball, when like someone makes a pass that you didn't see coming, right? Like Nikola Jokic dribbling down the court and making that no look to, to whoever that cutting guy was, right? Like awesome, right? Like soccer has that same, like no look pass stuff. And soccer has that same, like, you know, quick one, two pass and uh, you know, behind the back kind of stuff. And uh, it's just, I, I love the creativity and I love the kind of teamwork for, you know, trying to score. And, and so like, yeah, I, I actually think what I like about soccer and what I love about basketball are, are really pretty similar. They're just like on drastically different spaces and 11 people versus five people and so on. But like, there's, when you, when you start watching it, there's like a whole lot of creativity and fun stuff that like you, you it's that can, that I think that personally is just really impressive and really fun to watch. So going kind of along with that is maybe attending a World Cup event. Is that like on your bucket list ever? Or is well, that I've, not I've so big? Fine. Okay. Bucket list bucket list over. I went to the Brazil World Cup. Um wow. So yeah, and I've I've been to the European soccer tournaments. Uh I've yeah, I've I honestly my favorite form of tourism is probably soccer or at least sports tourism of like because like going to the World Cup is is obviously amazing for like the games reasons, but then you're also there like in a city with people from 
all these different countries and you're like meeting up in bars and you're, you're, you know, doing the March to the match and all that. And it's just like a really high energy way of, of going to check out a whole bunch of places. I mean, me and my buddy, Adam, um, went to France for the Euro tournament in I think 2017. And we just went to France for three weeks and rented a car and went to all these different matches in, in France and, um, got to meet like a whole bunch of, you know, English fans and Croatian fans and Irish fans and Spanish fans. And, you know, you can go down the list of all these random different countries. Right. And, uh, you know, we went to a Portugal Iceland match and there was one tenth of the population of Iceland was at this match in France. Like, anyway, so like you just like end up getting to meet all these different cool people. And yeah, so, uh, as much soccer tourism as I can, uh, in, in the future for sure. So it sounds like Vegas Summer League. Everyone just comes together and hangs out. That's okay. So it relates to yeah, basketball but, again. Yeah, like that. Exactly like that. But like for from different countries, too. Like it's it's really awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate your time. We could ask you a, t- a dozen more questions, but we got to let you get back to your life. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to have you back on it sometime. Before you yeah. get out, though, why don't you get in your plugs? Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and everything like that and sell them on subscriptions, please. Yeah, so obviously at on Twitter at Andy B. Larson, uh, at the Tribune at sltrib.com. Um, it's eight bucks a month for a sub for a subscription. They'll they may try to charge you 15. And if you want to pay 15, obviously we're gonna be happy with that. Um, but there is like the cheaper version, you know, it's like Netflix, right? Where you get the cheap you can do the cheaper version or the, the medium version, if you will. Um, and anyway, so that's eight bucks a month to read our articles. Um, and you know, I think we've, we've done a really good job of covering the jazz, uh, on, uh, hopefully. Yeah. And we'll see if, if you, if you think so subscribe and if you don't think so, then I'll be sad and tell me what I suck at my job at and I'll, I'll try to do better. This is okay. one of my, one of my like big overriding points is that like, sometimes the haters are right. Um, and so like, <laughs> it's not a F the hater situation. If, if there are critics of your work, uh, and critics of my work, I honestly do like want to listen to that and, and, uh, be a better beat writer. Right. So anyway, um, subscribe if you can follow, if you can, I really appreciate you guys. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Go break some news about how Jeremy Evans is joining the coaching staff. We appreciate <laughs> your time. Enjoy your weekend. Sounds good. Thanks. Guys. Thanks. Andy. See ya. Okie dokie, and we are back. Thanks again so much to Mr. Andy B. Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune for joining us there. Also, shout out to Mr. Will Wonder for showing up eventually for the interview at some point. Yeah, uh, well, you know, things got rescheduled, and I didn't want to hold it up, but uh, I'm glad we got it done. I understand. You know, again, we talked about it earlier in the podcast. This, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way of podcasting. That's just the way it is. Sure it's does. Of things. Um, all right. Well, we appreciate all of you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you're subscribing and listening all the time when we're doing these real important. Like we had mentioned earlier too, make sure you're following us both on Twitter because we're going to try doing the Twitter space thing again. And we'll let you guys know when we do that. And it, the thing, the cool thing, if you have no idea about Twitter space, basically it's, it's almost like what we're doing right now. We're talking jazz stuff and it's an audio thing. But the cool thing about that is it gives people and all you listening an opportunity to talk with us and, you know, share your thoughts. So it's a pretty cool thing. Um, you can find us, me, Jazz Nation guys, at jazz. Oh, wait, sorry. Twitter. <laughs> Let's try this again. The username <laughs> is at Jazz Nation News. So if you just search in Twitter, Jazz Nation News, you'll find it there. Um, why don't you give your Twitter handle and all your plugs and, uh, I got to eat some food because I'm losing my brain. Apparently, uh, poor guy. Uh, yeah, on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. 
my podcast, the Will Wonder Pod, every Wednesday. This last Wednesday uh, celebrated the 10-year anniversary of Nas's Life is Good. So I broke that down in a segment I call The Record Shop. There's also some NBA talk on there as well. Uh, yeah, every Wednesday I'm excited for this next week. I don't quite have the interview done yet, so I don't want to give uh, anything away, but hopefully it happens and you hear it this upcoming Wednesday. Follow the podcast, uh, my podcast, on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. Ah, Mazel Tov to all your things you have going on there. Um, again, I just want to say this. It's very important. We said it a lot during the interview, but make sure you guys are are supporting your local writers, beat writers, newspapers, even if you're not in the Salt Lake area. If you've got a local newspaper wherever you're listening, you should su- support them. You know, we could all do this. Let's let's not eat out for one lunch and save that 10 bucks and give it to like your local newspaper because that's going to keep them in business and have a job. So, um, And it's good I, content I, too. 10 bucks is nothing. Yeah. 10 bucks. I think it's 15. Let's, uh, let's, let's be real. Get the whole thing. Go yeah. for the super HD quality version of Andy the, Larson. The, the 8K. Tribune. Yeah. The 8K yeah. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's a, Andy, there's a shirt idea for you. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening this week, guys, and uh, supporting us. We appreciate it. We'll be back at some point. And well, I guess that's it. And if Donovan, if you're not with us in the time, <laughs> the next time. Don't record, do this. Not now. Uh, you know, Donovan. It's, no, it hasn't happened. Just wait. You can't write uh, a, you nope. can't write a, uh, a obituary before someone dies. Just wait. Okay, well, he's he not dying. Be- he's going on to it. Just nope. Don't do it <laughs> until he's gone. Because what if he's? What if he stays? What if he stays? What if some? Uh, there's a swerve, and he's here, oh and God, you cried right. for no reason. Okay, okay. You okay, sound like I'm the sorry. guy. Like, Leave Britney alone. That's <laughs> what you sound like. All right, all right. You're right. I'm right. I won't get emotional yet. I'm sorry. Thank you. All right, everyone, uh, before I start crying, let's get out of here. You guys enjoy your day, night, weekend, whenever it is you're listening. Thanks so much for supporting us, and bye-bye. It's over!